This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. And it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. <clears throat> I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this morning. Appreciate everybody uh, joining us online. Be sure to click share so we can get the word out to as many people as possible. And uh, we had a great time yesterday at the men's power lunch. Hopefully there'll be a lot of fruit coming off of that. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, I I'm going to read a couple of verses to you, but we're going to be in 1 John this morning. The Apostle Paul wasn't kidding when he wrote in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. You know, when I was a young man and I read those words, it was very academic and I had no idea. I mean, I had no idea. But it, it's almost like everybody, half the people out here have got rabies. I mean, an insanity, a spiritual insanity has taken a hold of people. It's, a, it's just astounding. It's just amazing. And if you don't go along with the lie that they're peddling this particular week, well, then they, they throw labels at you. And Paul wasn't kidding when he wrote, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. I had no idea what people would do for money. But lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, not brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then Paul gives the solution, have nothing to do with them. Forget about marrying them. Forget about dating them. Don't go to lunch with them. Have nothing to do with them. And now there are entire cities you just have to stay out of. Now there are entire states you have to stay out of. Have nothing to do with them. And Jesus wasn't kidding when he said in Matthew 24, 13, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. You know, when I was a young man and I read that, that didn't seem like that'd be that hard a deal, uh, uh, that hard a thing to do to stand firm to the end, but oh my gosh. I mean, every week and early, it seems like some preacher is caught in some horrible sin or some preacher goes apostate, they're dropping like flies. 
And Jesus wasn't kidding when he said in Luke 18, 8, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? People have all kinds of faith, all right, but they have faith in the government. We're talking about faith in God. Will Jesus find faith in God on the earth when he returns? My friends, these are the last days. Tell your neighbor, these are the last days. And we are right now knocking on the door of eternity. The man of lawlessness, lawlessness, the Antichrist, will soon be revealed. Is it any mystery now? Is it any wonder that the Bible calls the Antichrist the man of lawlessness? Lawlessness, lawlessness. This is what you see everywhere you look. You know, I was thinking just yesterday when I was getting ready for the power lunch, you know, they, they tax my income. When, when I go buy something, they tax that. They, they tax my property. And every law they pass seems to be aimed at doing me harm and restricting my rights. And every speech now attacks me as if I'm some kind of horrible person. And, and all I do is obey the rules. You understand? All I do is go to work and pay all these ridiculous, I mean, pay tax on top of tax on top of tax. And then they call us names. But if you're a a criminal, you can just go do whatever you want to do with impunity. Lawlessness. Lawlessness. That's the age we live in. We live in the age of lawlessness. And that is why it looks like the entire world has gone insane because in preparation for the last days and the man of lawlessness being revealed, Satan, it seems, has pulled out all the stops. It looks like what William Shakespeare wrote in The Tempest has come to pass. Hell is empty and all the devils are here. My friends, the heartache and sorrow is only the beginning. These are but the beginning of sorrows. Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Or as the NIV says, all these are the beginning of birth pains, hate, anger, stress, depression, insanity, violent crime, insane government policies purposely meant to destroy their citizens. The world's gone feral. And it is coming back. It's everywhere. And let me tell you what, there may come a man along that could mitigate it a little bit, but ain't no man gonna save us. And so if some politician comes along, don't you dare worship him. Because no, they, they might mitigate it a little bit, but nobody's gonna turn this around. This is a march to the end of time. It's like we're living in Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. Hate, anger, stress, depression, insanity, violent crime, insane government policies purposely meant to destroy their citizens, The world has gone feral, and it's not coming back, and it is everywhere. But we are to manifest the nature of our Father God and of His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is peace and love and joy. 
The Bible says in 1 John 4, 16, God is love, and whoever lives and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And so, for the third time in the history of the church, we're going to go through 1 John and march through it. Somebody might say, uh, why are we going to go back to 1 John? Well, I, I have this thought in my mind that every apostate hates two books. Every apostate hates 1 John and James. So we better go there. Amen? Amen. In other words, every apostate hates 1 John and James, so there must be some really good stuff in 1 John and James that we ought to go back over. Amen? Amen. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Now... You know, Sue and I don't live at the level of the Apostle John. We, we have not walked the dusty roads of Galilee with Jesus. We have not been eyewitnesses to the works of Jesus in Galilee. But we feel like we have. We couldn't count the miracles we have seen God do. We, we couldn't count the healings that we have seen God perform. We couldn't count... How many times God has come along with a financial miracle? We, have, we could not count the blind eyes open, the deaf ears open, the lame walking. We couldn't count it. And that's the beauty of something that is real. See, you know that what the world's doing is insane because it changes every 24 hours. But what God's doing is real because it doesn't change. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I don't feel judgmental toward the world. I feel sorry for the world, and I wish people could know Father God like I know him. You know, it's amazing how they hate God. You know, I saw on social media, Christians was trending the other day, and I went there, and it was all this hate, all this hate against Christians, all this hate against God, all this hate against the Bible. And you know, Christians, you know that we're not doing anything to anybody. But they hate God. It's amazing to me. I just want everybody to know him like I know him. He is my father. He is my healer. He is my provider. He is my savior. And he is gracious. <laughs> he, he's been more gracious with me than I would have been with me. He's been more patient with me than I would have been with me. He's been more kind to me than I would have been to me. Thank God for his graciousness. The Bible says that the mercies of God are new every morning. So he's kind. He's gracious. He's wonderful. Do you understand? That's who he is. And he says, the life appeared. He's talking about Jesus. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. That's Jesus. He is eternal life. And listen, there's no life outside of him. There is, there is no eternal life outside of him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no way to the Father but by him. You know, after September 11, we had the president of the United States back then uh, talking nonsense 
theologically, it's called syncretism. And it's been taught in the seminaries for decades. It doesn't matter how you try and find God so long as you're trying to find God. This is total, absolute, utter nonsense. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him. So he is the way. Well, pastor, are you saying there's just one way? Yes. Broad is the road that leads to death and to hell, but narrow is the road that leads to life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way. In the Greek, it, it actually says door or doorway. He's the way. There's no other way. He's the way. There's no other way. And think about the horrible price he paid. And think about, <clears throat> the Bible says that he was slain from the foundations of the world. And actually the, the Greek there is not world, it's cosmos. He was slain from the foundations of God creating humanity. I told Sue the other day, the moment God created Adam, he knew he would die. God knew God would die. His love is unfathomable. When he created Adam, God knew God would die because he would give his own life for the descendants of that man. Hallelujah. And then, then we wonder why it's so personal with God when you reject Jesus. Nobody else gave their life for you. Nobody else hung on a cross for you. No one else gave their back to be whipped for you. And the, you have all these religions, but none of them have anything to do with healing. There's only one. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. He was with God in the beginning, John 1, 1, same author. In the beginning was God, in the beginning was the Word of God, he was with God and he was, he was God. He thought it, I've got different versions running through my mind. So let's go there a second. John 1, 1. If you turn with, in your Bible, you'll make me feel better about me having to turn in mine. Because I got a physical book here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him. All things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was with God, and he was God. Verse 3 in 1 John 1, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. And that's the beautiful thing about a church like Faith Christian Center because we're not actors. We're not pretenders. You know, some of these, some of these, some of these ministries, I, 
I, I don't even, I, don't, I can't even relate to it. It's important to have spiritual leadership that knows how to cast out a devil. Amen. That has experience casting out a devil. Amen. That knows how to lay hands on the sick. That, that gets results when they lay hands on the sick. See, in other words, it's not something theoretical. It's something actual. Amen. And it's by the power gifts that we know, that we know, that we know that the word is true, Jesus is alive, and he's working among us. I don't want to live one day of my life without signs, wonders, and miracles. Because it's the signs and the wonders and the miracles that tell us that we're on the right road. See, a lot of folks are into religion, and I, I could name religions, but I don't want to do that. They're, they're into religion, and... It's powerless. We read about that. They have a form of godliness, but there's no power to it. I like being around the power. Amen. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. So our fellowship is not based on whiteness. Our fellowship is not based on nationality. Our fellowship is not based on our economic status. Our fellowship is based on me knowing Jesus and you knowing Jesus and the rest of it doesn't matter. So there's no tribalism. There's no racism. See, all of that goes on out there but when you get people who know Jesus together, you don't have that. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? See, we're talking about fellowship. And all of that fellowship has to take place around the word because it's the word. How are we going to agree? People here born in about 40 different countries, people different races, people from different backgrounds. What in the world can we agree on? If we agree on the word, we are in agreement. Amen. 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 It pulls us together in fellowship. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. You know, I had a, a great guy in the church and usher answer a critic out in the fellowship atrium years ago. And the, the usher told this critic, said, he just wants for us what God has done for him. And that's the heart of John in 1 John. In other words, we met him, we know him, we walked with him, we saw his signs and wonders and miracles, and he's done all this cool stuff for us, and now we want you to know him, and we want you to come into fellowship with us, and we want you to know how wonderful he is. And you see, though, how the whole world seems like the whole world's in rebellion. It's amazing. Just this morning, I watched a video. I think he's an astrophysicist, and he was explaining weather, and he was talking about how weather doesn't have anything to do with carbon emissions. It all has to do with solar activity. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's what I learned in the 60s in school. That makes sense. 
But everywhere you turn, whether it's weather or whether it's gender or what, no matter what we're talking about, it's just lies and lies and lies. And it's stuff they just made up in recent days. Amen. See, this is the word of life. Amen. And this doesn't change. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and find out that something God wrote changed because every word of God is true. David said, thy word, O Lord, is true. Amen. And we want people to know the sweetness of that rather than live in confusion. Amen. How do people even cope in 2022 without Jesus? Maybe that's what happened. Maybe everybody who didn't know Jesus lost their mind listening to Fauci. Maybe they went insane. It seems like it, doesn't it? In other words, people that didn't know Jesus heading into that, it seems like there's more insanity everywhere. And it seems like people will believe anything. And see, that's the beef with the Word of God because when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and you have respect for the Holy Bible, the Word of God, you just don't believe whatever they're peddling. Verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. And guess what? When, when you walk into a dark room and you hit the light switch, what happens to the darkness? It flees. And it doesn't take five minutes to do it, does it? God is light. And see, men love darkness because their deeds were dark. And the last thing, that's why, that's why Satan worked to get the Bible out of the churches because the last thing Satan wants is for you to come along and shine the light of the word of God on the deeds of men. And we're going to see this in a few verses that people who say they've never done anything wrong and people who say they don't need a savior and people who say they've done nothing that they need forgiveness of, they're liars. Because the fact of the matter is, he's perfect and I'm not. Of course I need forgiveness. Every married man understands this. I mean, uh, you just need forgiveness all the time. And that's just with a wife, let alone God. Amen? <laughs> Every man that has measured up totally and completely to your wife's expectations, I'm going to give an altar call for liars, and we're going to put your name at the head of the list. Now, your wife may think she's God, but she's not. I'm just saying we, we cannot measure up in our own strength. We cannot measure up in our own ability. We cannot walk into God's city in our own righteousness. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for his love. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. 
And this is what is going on. This is one of the biggest apostasies going on. And that is it doesn't matter how you live. Listen, I just got an invitation to go speak somewhere and I'm not going. And I know because of where it is, it would be at least $20,000. But the Lord told me a few years ago, he said, don't go anywhere. He said, stay here and prepare these people for the end. Amen. He didn't say, act like Jesus is never coming. He didn't say to do this. He said, stay here and prepare these people for the end. And I know the voice of God when I hear it. Amen. Now, does that mean he's coming this afternoon? I don't know. Does that mean he's coming this year? I don't know. Does that mean he's coming? To, look, I told a man in the church that was asking me about this. I said, look, 20 years to you or to me is a long time, but 20 years to the Lord is nothing. But he's coming. And we know from that same chapter in Matthew 24 that he's coming when no one is expecting him. And that, to me, sounds like 2022. Amen. I'm not saying he's coming in 2022, but I'm saying if you look at what's going on in the world, in the political world, in the church world, people are not expecting the Lord to come. And I'll tell you something else, they're not expecting judgment. Nobody out here is acting like, Judgment is around the corner. And I'm horrified at these ministers because they're just carrying on with all their nonsense like, you know, it's 30 years ago or 40 years ago or 20 years ago and the Lord, they know the Lord's not coming in their lifetime. Many will say to me on that day, Jesus said, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy and in your name and in your name cast out devils? And I will tell them plainly, away from me, you evil, what? Doers, for I never knew you. I don't know about you, but I want to live ready. I want to be ready. Amen. Amen. And what I've discovered is this. If I will live ready, I live in victory. They're synonyms. They're sim they happen simultaneously. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. And there it is. And David said, thy word, O Lord, is truth. And we've got ministers of the gospel. I'm ashamed of them. And they're not living by the truth. They're not teaching the truth. They're not preaching the truth. They're not publishing the truth. It's just theories, ideas, and opinions. And the big thing, the big rage now is rehabilitating ministers. I think all of these ministers that are being rehabilitated ought to go sell shoes in the mall. I could tell stories about how they have wrecked churches and how they have destroyed lives and, and then they get rehabilitated and they go somewhere else and they do the same stuff over again. This is a holy calling. This is a holy God. This is a holy book. And we are to live right. And we're not to twist and pervert the truth to satisfy 
our drunkenness. You show me a preacher that endorses drinking and I'm going to show you a drunk. You show me a preacher that endorses adultery and I'm going to show you an adulterer. You show me a preacher that endorses alternate lifestyles and I'm going to show you a pervert. It's not coincidence when they speak against the Bible. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You don't hear any of these. You don't hear anybody talking about the blood of Jesus. This is a holy thing. We are not to trample the blood of Jesus. God, God, God was tied to a whipping post. With his stripes, we have been healed. It's a holy thing. It's a precious thing. God was nailed to a cross for us. God died for us. God went to hell for us. God did that. And they want to act like it's nothing. They want to act like it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, they want to act like it doesn't matter how we live. We have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And we are to live worthy of his sacrifice. We are to live worthy of his sacrifice and by living worthy of his sacrifice we live ready for his coming if I live worthy of his sacrifice I am ready for his coming I actually welcome him in his coming But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. I mean, the guy that probably half of Christendom worships. I saw the interview myself and he said he never asked God to forgive him because he never did anything wrong. All right. Even psychologically, the arrogance is breathtaking. But theologically, this is the very definition of a non-Christian. And I'm sure Sue and I have gone in the voting booth and voted for non-Christians, but we didn't fall down and worship them. You go in there and you hold your nose and you do the best you can, but you don't worship them. He says, if we claim to be without sin, and this is what people do. They come in there and counseling with Pastor Sue and they claim they've done nothing wrong. See, if we don't, conf if we don't confess our sins and repent of our sins, we cannot walk in prosperity. 
If you don't confess your sins and repent of your sins, how can you walk in forgiveness? How can you be forgiven? You admit your error. I know this is old school, but you know why it's old school? It's from the Bible. I mean, we live in the day and the age where everybody claims what I'm doing is not wrong. And because everybody worships success and prosperity, nobody has any standards anymore. You know, I lived 800 months so far, and I don't ever want to live through a month like August of 2022. The stuff that went on and the stuff that we had to deal with and the stuff behind the scenes and what preachers are up to. And people inviting people to come and speak in various places because they're famous or because they're big or because they're successful. Look, if they're wrong, they're wrong. If they're apostates, they're apostates. If they're heretics, they're heretics. I don't care how big they are. Come on. 40 years ago, David Wilkerson was on an airplane. One of the most famous ministers in America in those days was on that same flight with uh, one of his employees, a mistress. David Wilkerson waited for the beverage service to go by and people to get their Coca-Colas. And uh, when the aisle was clear, he got up and he went back there and he got on his knees on the, in the aisle next to this famous, famous, famous preacher, one of the biggest ministries in America, and his mistress. And he prayed, oh, dear God, save this man from his adultery and from his sin. Amen. And he got up and the preacher said, well, David, if what I'm doing is so wrong, why is God blessing me the way he's blessing me? Well, I wonder how that played out in eternity. I wonder how it played out in his marriage. I wonder how it played out with his children. But in 2022, fast forward, because every, the measure of everything is success and the measure of everything is money. So nobody, have you noticed, since the measure became success and money, nobody has any standards. And so we've just made up our minds that <coughs> we're not going to fellowship with it. We're not going to sit in the seat of the scornful. We're not going to hang out with scoffers. Amen. We're going to live like Jesus is coming today or tomorrow. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to walk with God in fellowship. He says, if we claim to be without sin. And isn't that the basis of most of this apostasy loose in Christianity around the world in 2022? When they say it doesn't matter how you live, aren't they really saying, Lord, we have not done anything wrong? If it doesn't matter how you live? Amen. Listen, the way I live, it's an unusual morning when I don't have a sin to confess. When I stepped out there this morning and there was nothing to confess, I was like, Phew, praise the Lord. 
So when people act like they've done nothing wrong and they have all this stuff going on and, and mistresses and drinking and throwing back shots with celebrities and doing all the stuff they're doing, why are they supposed to be in the ministry? One guy's defense for going to an employee's hotel room was, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that, but I was drunk. And then we wonder why the political world is in the toilet. Why would we think the politicians are going to act any better than the preachers? No standards. And in business. Oh. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Oh, but thank God. Thank God. Thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God. Thank God. He has not left us without a way. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. He hasn't lifted up a standard that we cannot measure to, measure up to, and it's just too bad, so sad. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. His mercies are new every morning. Because it says there in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's one heretic saying, you know, mocking the words of Jesus that the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Ha, 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 ha. Who can do that? Well, how about trying to? How about doing the best we know how to? Amen. How about having that as a daily goal? To love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my strength, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. <coughs> so I can't just use my mind for sinful stuff. Amen. See, and I've noticed if I don't use my mind for sinful stuff, and if I don't count the errors of others and the sins of others and keep records of wrongs. If I think about good things, I don't have any troubles. Amen. But if we confess our sins, but this generation isn't interested in confessing their sins, they're interested in saying, I haven't done anything wrong. Think about the age we live in. If you pay an MD to criticize a drug, he'll criticize a drug. Or if you pay an MD to give people a drug, he'll give people a drug, whether it's good for them or not. Think about the age we live in where surgeons will make their yacht payments or their second home payments by castrating little boys and doing mastectomies on little girls. Forget about being saved. Forget about being a Christian. Forget about being born again. What kind of a monster would do this? They have gone beyond Hitler. They have gone beyond Joseph Mengel. They are monsters of iniquity. These are terrible times. These are the last days. 
and you better sober up. And you need to protect your children. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. But that's what everybody's doing everywhere. That no, you know, nobody has sinned. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with this. And so I'm going to do my best here in the next few weeks to go back through 1 John and to do what the Lord told me to do, to prepare you for the end. And do not be suckered and do not be deceived and do not be pulled in by what the world is peddling. Because they are flat on their way to hell. But we, like 1 John, like the Apostle John in 1 John, we have come to know him and we have come to love him. And because we love him and we know him, we have fellowship together. Us by our heads, you may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually. And that's what this message is about. Of course we've sinned. Of course we've fallen short. Of course we need a Savior. Of course. But thanks be unto God, we have the opportunity. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. Pastor, pray for me. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. You might be here this morning and you're backslidden. You're not living for the, for the Lord like you once did. Maybe you've, been, you've allowed yourself to be pulled into some alternate lifestyle or got reconnected to your drug dealer or whatever. And listen, I'm not, I'm not, I, I am not naive. I understand. It's dangerous out there and the devil never takes a vacation day. And so people can backslide. But if you're here this morning... And you're not living for God like you used to. You're not living for the Lord. You're not on fire for the Lord like you used to be. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, we just dealt with it. If we confess our sins, thank God, thank God, thank God. There's a way to be forgiven. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I'm away from God. I've got sin in my life. I haven't been living for the Lord like I know I should. And I don't want to miss it. Pray for me. I want to be forgiven. I want to be restored. I want my fellowship with God to be restored. I want to walk with him. I want to know him. I want to walk in fellowship with him. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. For the sake of those watching online, if there are people online that would like to give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ or would like to recommit their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody in the room, let's pray this out loud together. Father God, time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing and I've lived selfishly. I've sinned, but I turn and I repent and I ask you to forgive me. 
in the name of Jesus, and I give you my life. I believe in my heart, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father God. This means you have imparted life unto me, and I thank you for not rejecting me, but receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said amen. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, you can contact us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd love to send you God's very own child, a book that I wrote. And if you need a Bible, we'd love to send you a Bible. God, you know, if people are watching online and you want to send something to the ministry, we are grateful. But all of our needs are met because the good people of Faith Christian Center have been practitioners of the Word of God, and they have given, and we have all of our needs met. Amen. And you say praise the Lord for it.